Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jeff Grammer with the Albuquerque Journal, and you are listening to the Talking Grammar Podcast. We're on episode 50 now of this podcast, and today's episode features a conversation I had last week with two Lobo newcomers. The the kind of talk of the offseason has been the addition of these two big men, Josiah Alec, a transfer forward from the University of Missouri, Kansas City, and Morris Udezi, the transfer from Wichita State. Now, this was recorded Thursday, I believe it was, and as this podcast is released, uh, Monday night is when I'll be releasing this, but it'll be every Tuesday is when this podcast comes out. Between that time was a scrimmage on Saturday against Northern Arizona, which some of you may have heard by now, the results of that scrimmage. I am going to go over a little bit more of the details from that scrimmage, from the box score I have a copy of, and also I talked with Richard Patino afterwards. It was a closed scrimmage. Um, the NCAA does not allow the scrimmages against other Division One opponents to be open to the public or open to the media. That allows coaches to kind of control the setting a little bit, control the scenarios if they want. They can do some different things. This was close. The coaches are under no obligation to talk, but they are allowed to. They used to not be allowed to even talk about them. It was, it was sort of a silly NCAA rule where they weren't even allowed to talk to the media about these scrimmages. Now they are allowed to talk to the, to the media if they so choose. This, in this case, since they lost to Northern Arizona, there was certainly no obligation for Richard Pitino to talk, but he did. He said he would talk to me, and he did. Uh, I will go over some of those details here in just a moment. Today's uh, conversation in the podcast, as I mentioned, is Josiah Alec and Morrissey Daisy, the, the big men for the Lobos that really are going to be leaned on heavily from day one in this kind of transition season in the Lobo rebuilding project under Pitino, and it's because they add big size and strength and physicality in the front court that the Lobos really lacked last year. Real quick, if you don't like the talking grammar portion of this podcast, all the rambling that I'm doing here, you can skip ahead to the conversation with Josiah and Morris. It's at about just about past the 17 minute mark of this podcast is when our conversation starts. And you will notice that there is a little bit of a microphone problem that I had on mine. Mine's a little bit quieter than both of theirs. But a little past the 17 minute mark is when the conversation with Morris and Josiah starts. If you want to skip me talking about all this intro, and I will be going over all the scrimmage stuff here in a moment. So if you don't want to hear about any of that, a little past the 17-minute mark is when the interview with Josiah and Morris starts. So why the Lobos needed those two in particular coming into this season was that last year's team just wasn't uh, quite as physical, but it wasn't necessarily their fault. They they were down two centers by the middle of the by by early December actually. Their two starting centers, or who would have been their two starting centers were already gone by early December, and so that's why last year's team sort of lacked that inside presence that it needs to compete. Sebastian um, Forsling from Sweden, the seven-footer who was a freshman last year and really would have played minimal minutes, if any, maybe even redshirted, had there not been some other situations in the in the front court, in the Lobos' front court, that required him to basically lose his redshirt, play the entire season, and play big minutes. He this really was gonna be his his first year coming up right now, but he got a lot of experience last year. But he wasn't ready to be thrown into the fire quite as much as he was last year. Jay Allen Tovar plays the four for the Lobos, but he's a face up four. Um, isn't very physical, isn't very heavy or strong necessarily, and can't really handle opposing strong big men, opposing power forwards, and definitely not opposing fives 
with any kind of um, consistency. So that's why the Lobos struggled quite a bit down low last year. That's why the rebounding was a problem. That's why they went out and targeted two very specific needs this offseason, and it was strength and it was rebounding. That's what they think they got, and they still think that, even though they, on Saturday, as I mentioned, lost a scrimmage in the pit to Northern Arizona University. Now, Northern Arizona is in the Big Sky Conference, not expected to win that conference, and that conference is not expected to be anything but a, a one-bid league this year. So what does it mean that the Lobos, who some, myself included, think actually could be on the fringe of contention in the Mountain West this season? What does it mean that they lost the scrimmage? Well, depends how you look at it. First and foremost, there's no excuses. It's not a good thing. They they tried to win. They were playing to win, and they did not do that. So on its face and at the very core of it, it's not a good thing to lose to Northern Arizona. On the other hand, there have been very deep tournament runs in the NCAA tournament from teams that opened their year with a loss to a much lesser team in these closed scrimmages. There's a lot of reasons for that. Sometimes it's the team just wasn't ready. Sometimes it was the team being overconfident, being told by people in their community and in their media and, and around um, their league saying they're going to be really, really good and, and they, they let it get to their heads. Sometimes it's because these scrimmages have different rotations than you're going to see in the regular season. Sometimes it's because you have coaches that aren't running their entire playbook. All of those things I do think factored into what the Lobos did on Saturday. They're still going to be a good team. I'm not backing off my prediction that they're going to finish third in the Mountain West. By the way, this Wednesday, the Mountain West preseason poll will be released. All those votes were submitted last week by media around the league. So the preseason Mountain West poll will be coming in this week. And I expect the Lobos to be fourth or fifth. On a quick side note there, first team all-conference guard Isaiah Stevens from Colorado State. I expect him to be first team all-conference guard Isaiah Stevens. There's no reason he shouldn't be. He's, he's potentially the best player in this entire league. He broke his foot last week. I think Colorado State will be picked. On my ballot, I had them fourth. I think the overall media poll ballot will probably have them third or fourth right in there, probably one spot ahead of wherever the Lobos come in. All these ballots, again, were submitted before Isaiah Stevens broke his foot and certainly submitted before Saturday's scrimmage that the Lobos had where they were really surprised by Northern Arizona. And the two big men didn't have horrible games, Josiah Alec and, and Morrissey Daisy, but the opposing big man that you would hope those two guys were, were countering in some way, Carson Tout of Northern Arizona. He's from Gilbert, Arizona, I believe is what I saw on the roster when I looked him up. And uh, by way of Cal Baptist, he did the transfer a couple years ago. Um, he ended up going off on him a little bit for 15 points and 20 rebounds. That's right, 20 rebounds. The six foot seven forward for Northern Arizona. He played 38 minutes, um, shot six of 11 from the floor, and overall, Northern Arizona out rebounded the Lobos 40 to 33. Now, the Lobos did play without Sebastian Forsling, who had a recent concussion or at least was being monitored for a concussion. Nothing considered serious. He's probably back at practice this week as this podcast is being released. Emmanuel Quach, the only senior on the team, the only guy that's been here, um, or the guy that's been here the longest. Um, still recovering from the broken leg when he was playing. Actually, he got a start at center against Utah State last year, January 8th. And I, I think he is a guy that now has been returned to practice, but not ha hasn't had enough practice under his belt to have participated in Saturday's scrimmage. Those two guys were out. 
Jamal Mashburn Jr., the team's leading returning scorer, played 21 minutes because he hurt his toe and didn't play almost, well, didn't play much of the second half. The, the majority of the second half he was held out, I'm told. Again, nothing that's considered to be serious, but he wasn't playing down the stretch of this game. Um, and the Lobos lost, or they lost the rebounding battle, of course, but they also lost at the free throw line. They missed, they were 17 of 26 at the free throw line. They missed nine free throws, whereas Northern Arizona hit 11 of 12. So the foul problems, um, really, it's kind of, you can look at it one of two ways. Missing nine free throws, obviously not a good thing. Getting to the free throw line 26 times when your opponent only gets there 12 times is absolutely exactly what the Lobos hoped happens all year. So they were aggressive. They were getting fouled. They were getting calls. And they were getting to the line. They just missed a bunch of them. And they didn't exactly foul the other team in situations where you're putting them on the line a whole lot. Now, the other team's not going to hit 11 of 12 and and shoot 92% at the free throw line all season. But they did this game, and that's why, you know, as Patino, as I talked to Richard Patino on Saturday after this scrimmage, that's why he said this was a heck of a wake-up call. That his team, it wasn't an I got you kind of moment where he went to the team and said, I told you you guys were overconfident. I told you guys weren't ready. No, he's not happy with what happened, but he's also... Not a you know not panicking. He he still said in his words, a lot of people thought we were going to be good, and I still think we're going to be very good. But this is a good reminder that we better bring it every single game this whole season because that's what happens when you're a team in transition. That's what happens when you're any team really. But this is a team in transition that finished dead last in the Mountain West two years ago, which necessity which led to the the uh, coaching change that brought Patino here anyway. Patino's first season. Well, there's a little bit of excitement starting to build and a little bit of momentum starting to build. Let's remember, they were finishing, they finished in the 11 team Mountain West. They finished ninth place. They also only won 13 games. So there's still a lot left to prove for this New Mexico Lobo basketball team. And anybody in that locker room that was starting to think, well, we got these two big men, we got our two returning all Mountain West guards back, we got a lot of good pieces. Um, anybody thinking that they had already arrived in that locker room? got a pretty quick wake-up call, and they did it behind closed doors, which is probably a good thing for them. They did it before an exhibition game. They did it before the regular season opener, which is November 7th against Nor- or Southern Utah. So, look, they, they got all that good stuff out of the way, or all that bad stuff, I suppose, out of the way, and we'll see what happens from here. Again, I'm not backing off my prediction that they're going to finish third in the league, but let's also not sugarcoat it. They lost to Northern Arizona. They lost a game they were trying to win, and... That's not exactly the most uh, encouraging sign going into what was supposed to be this um, kind of rejuvenated season for the Lobos. So October 29th is the next time we get to see these Lobos against another team. We do on October, this coming Friday, the Cherry Silver game. Fans for free can go see uh, the Lobos three-point contest, dunk contest, all that good stuff on Friday night in the pit. And then October 29th is when they have an exhibition against Colorado State, uh, CSU Pueblo, and then the season opener November 7th. But for now, before I get into this conversation with Josiah Alec and Morrissey Daisy, I want to go kind of quick rundown through the rest of the stat sheet because I know people are really curious about what happened during this scrimmage. So here we go. Jamal Mashburn Jr. played 21 minutes. He only shot one for six from the field. He had four points. That's about it. He had an assist, a turnover, a couple steals. Nothing uh, too earth-shattering from the team's leading returning scorer. Jalen House played 28 minutes, shot 2 for 11 from the floor, had 7 points, 5 assists, and 6 steals. 
Overall, the team's plus-minus, meaning while he was on the court, they were plus-four. They beat Northern Arizona while Jalen House was on the floor in those 28 minutes, but he also shot two for 11, missed all four of his three-point attempts. Not a good look for the starting backcourt, the returning all-conference backcourt, when the two of them combined to shoot three for 17. Javante Johnson, who we've heard a lot about having a great offseason, he played 29 minutes, and he ends up with 11 points. Good outing, it sounds like, for, for Javante. And then the two new guys, the guys I'm having a conversation with today in this uh, podcast. Josiah Alec played 26 minutes, had 12 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, no turnovers. He also had one block shot. Now this is a stat line that I, I don't know what to make of. 32 minutes for Morrissey Daisy, the transfer from Wichita State. He'll be the starting center for the Lobos. He had 11 points and 10 rebounds. Okay, good start. But he only shot 4 of 10 from the field. I don't think you're going to see that a whole lot out of him. A little troubling when your five man, who who is said to be very good around the basket, is only shooting 40% on 10 attempts. And uh, he also, because this was a scrimmage, they allowed more fouls. And he needed them because he got six. He he committed six fouls in this scrimmage. And uh, while he did have a double-double, 11 points and, and 10 rebounds, he also committed six fouls, only hit four of 10 shots, and as I, and he did have four turnovers. As I mentioned earlier, the opposing big man, Carson Tout for Northern Arizona, went off on the Lobos for 15 and 20. Again, I wasn't at the scrimmage, so I don't know how often this was a one-on-one matchup that Morris had on that guy. Maybe Josiah was helping out at times. Maybe they didn't match up um, as much as I would assume just based on looking at the stat sheet. But the opposing big had a great night. Um, he had his own double-double, a 20-rebound double-double. While Morris also had a double-double, but committed a lot of fouls. That could be something worth watching this year because, as you'll hear in this conversation in the podcast, he talks about that was his trouble at Wichita State, his foul trouble. He needs to work on that. So a quick rundown through the bench for the Lobos. Donovan Dent, the highly, highly touted freshman, played 12 minutes, just under 12 minutes actually. Had two points, one assist, two turnovers, minus six plus minus uh, while Donovan Dent was on the floor. Also at minus six plus minus was returning forward Jay Allen Tovar. He only played 14 minutes, hit the only shot he took, had two points, no rebounds. When Jay Allen Tovar is on the floor and doesn't have any rebounds and only takes one shot, doesn't sound very good to me. Um, KJ Jenkins, he led the Lobos in scoring, came off the bench, recently named co-captain along with Mashburn of this year's team as voted on by his teammates. But KJ Jenkins plays 18 minutes off the bench, has a game high, a team high, 15 points, hits four of six shots, and was four for four from the three-point line and hit three or four free throws. So KJ does what he does. He he came off the bench, hit his three-pointers, played his role, it looks like, at least stat-wise, looks like he played his role exactly how they hope he plays his role all year. Two other freshmen, Braden Applehans and Quentin Webb. Braden had seven minutes. He did hit the one his only three-point attempt he hit. So he had three points, and then Quentin Webb, uh, one rebound, zero points in three minutes, and Brian Masek rounds out the other Lobo who played, and he played eight, just under eight minutes. Didn't have any points, did have two rebounds and assists. So there you go. There's the individual stats from that scrimmage. Again, these are closed-door scrimmages for a reason. They're they're not actual games. They're not actual um, exhibition-type setups where fans are supposed to come in and, and draw too many conclusions. So what do we do with all this? You have all the info. You can panic if you want. Had they beat the the you know 
beat up on Northern Arizona quite a bit. You could have gone crazy the other way with that too. And in neither case is it really a great 100% good indication of what the team's going to be. So we'll see. A couple weeks from now, they got an exhibition game. Then a week after that, Northern or Southern Utah rather is the regular season opener on November 7th. So enough of that. Here's the conversation I had for this week's edition of the Talking Grammar Podcast with Josiah Alec and Morrissey Daisy, the two Lobo newcomers that are supposed to add size and physicality to this Lobo roster. And we talked with both of them, or I talked with both of them about that. They're both former football players. I was fascinated to find out that Josiah Alec didn't even start on his varsity team until into his senior year of high school. So two guys that have great personalities, a great outlook on what their roles are and why they picked New Mexico was because they were told what New Mexico needed, and that lines up perfectly with what they think is the strength of their game. They, they bring some leadership. They bring strength, that's for sure. Both of them are gym rats, uh, meaning the weight room type gym too. Like They, they lift a lot of weights. Um, size, physicality, strength, all that kind of stuff they bring. So they're looking forward to being a key part of this Lobo rebuild and teaming up with guys like Jalen House and Jamal Mashburn Jr. So... Here you go. Hope you enjoy it. Actually, hope you enjoy all these podcasts. Let me know what you think at Jeff Grammar on Twitter, or you can email me ggrammar at abqjournal.com. And you again, you can catch all these podcasts. All 50 episodes are available on abqjournal.com slash sports. Hope you enjoy this conversation with Josiah Alec and Morris Udazi. As we're recording this, this will this will be a podcast that I post next week. But as we're recording this, you guys just got done with practice, had to go hit the weight room. And mm-hmm. the one thing everyone is saying about what you two have, bring, have brought to this team and what you're bringing is size and strength. So it's kind of fitting that you guys had to had to go hit the <laughs> first. Um, what have you guys thought about maybe the reaction <clears throat> to you guys being here, to you guys coming here this year? Because um, everyone keeps talking about how big and physical the team might be now because of you guys. Is that, is that weird to you guys that – um, you guys are sort of the story of uh, of this offseason for this team. No, I mean, I def- that was one of the big points of um, Coach Patino's recruiting yeah. um, during that the process. That's what you guys were sold on, right? That's a, yeah. You guys got to come here because we need you. Cause- yeah. Yeah, he was he was telling us he's like, listen, like you know, we had like a decent team last year, you know, but you know, a lot of injuries set us back. But they just, you know, the Mountain West really. You know, like San Diego State, Wyoming, Colorado State, you know, like teams got size out here. And, you know, while they have like skill and athleticism, they really didn't have anybody to kind of match up on the glass. And so um, to me, you know, that's kind of like my bread and butter, you know. You know, I'm not always like a great shot maker, playmaker, whatever, but like, you know, I I play hard for as long as I'm on a court and I don't really mind hitting somebody and I kind of prefer it that way and – so to me, I was like, I, like, if that's what you need, you know, that's that's easy. That's the easy part for me. Same with you. Is that kind of how the the recruiting pitch was? Is like, we need what you do. Yeah, it was just from the start, kind of making it like, kind of like you're our first option. You know, it's very important recruitment. People who call you first, people who really want you. So, kind of took that into consideration. They came to visit me a lot during off season and stuff. So, and they they kind of showed love and like they really needed needed a front court. So yeah. Yeah, and obviously um, they needed size in the, the front court, so kind of recruited me and Josiah and ended up picking here. So, yeah. So no surprises when you guys got here. They yeah. what, what they sold you was what they needed. And mm-hmm. Since since day one, I mean, you guys have had obviously plenty of opportunity to step in and mm-hmm. 
it's still up to you guys to earn the spots, but like step in and be big roles. No surprises along those lines, right? Like this is what you guys were told. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I mean, that's just kind of, I mean, regardless of, you know, what a coach, like, like no matter where I would have gone, like, you know, the reason that, you know, I kind of like look the way I do and um, kind of like eat and train the way I do is because I like playing physical. And in order to do that, you know, you got to have some size to really like put on people and, you know, stop people with. And so for me, you know, that was kind of like the expectation coming into it. And so obviously, you know, when asked like what a coach is kind of grading you on, it's, you know, it makes class easy in that way. I'm curious what you guys were like at your previous stops. What kind of player, let's, let's let kind of Lobo fans understand a little bit about obviously where you guys are from as at this point we, we know UNKC, we know Wichita State, but like what kind of players were you there and what do you need to do to evolve from what you were to, to what you're going to do this year? Well, why don't you start with kind of where you're from before you went to those two schools to Houston, right? Yeah, I uh, grew up in Houston, Texas. Uh, long journey. I kind of was not good like my freshman year in high school. Okay. Wasn't good like B team, reserve kind of freshman year. Was it always just basketball or any other sports? I, I played football. I was actually really good at football. Better so than you basketball. You guys both are football guys too, right? Because you played yeah. football too, didn't you? Yeah, until, uh, so I played my, so basically played like my entire childhood up to my sophomore year of high school. And then my junior year, I uh, just focused on basketball. It's kind of yeah. fitting with the, I mean, two big guys there are that have to yeah. So you you were pretty good at football. Yeah, I was I was on defense, uh, defensive end, played DN, but you know, like they kept on coming from my knees, so I was like, I have to pick one, basketball, or football. <laughs> so my basketball coach was just like, he sat down, and was like, you got to choose one, either basketball or football. I knew I was going super tall, I was like six six, six seven, DN. I was like, let me just stick to hooping. So I stick to hooping and started just practicing on my craft, kept going, and kind of just my junior senior year, just my recruitment just took off. So kind of took off from there. Yeah. How much of Football, again, for both of you, like, I'm curious how much of that football mentality, and maybe it's just, you know, guys growing up, you guys are physical players, athletes, and this and that. Maybe it's not football specific, but how much of that mentality were you able to incorporate into basketball and be a little more physical than, than maybe some of the guys that were just basketball players or, or didn't ever play football? Like, did you guys ever see a difference on how you played and how physical you guys <laughs> can play? Compared to the guys that didn't play football? Yeah. I mean, I can definitely answer that one. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a few guys that, you know, they, they've kind of been like hoopers for most of their life, you know, didn't play in high school, maybe in middle school, but, you know, like they never played in high school. And some of them kind of got that, that little edge to yeah. kind of get scrappy. But for the most part, a lot of guys, you know, when you kind of like really like get into them, whether it's on a post up or just jamming them on a roll or, you know, meeting them body to body on a layup or something, you know, they, a lot of them get all defensive or, you know, they take it all personal, like you're yeah. trying to hurt them. But it's like, I mean, because they, they just, they kind of grow up where they're used to playing where it's just, you know, skill, finesse. Yeah. Like, you know, you might, usually just dealing with like just athletes, not really like real physical people. You guys both enjoy that and those kind of moments where you, you know you're playing a guy that doesn't like the physicality. You know, forget the football background necessarily, but like when you're playing against a guy <laughs> that you can tell is like just, he doesn't want to be. He doesn't want it. You know. He, he doesn't yeah. want what you guys are bringing him. Yeah. You guys enjoy the, those kind of moments. Not, not necessarily just even whether or not you're scoring on him or anything like that. But like you can just tell you're in the set because of the physicality. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like an easier game, but like it kind of makes it like okay, I can I can crash the offensive glass hard. He's not going to check me out. Yeah, I can just I can kind of have my way with him like in a, in a, in, a, in a certain sense. But still, like you having that mindset, like okay. It's going to be easy day can kind of like ease you off on the game. You're yeah. not going to be as aggressive, but I would say it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, I mean, 
I don't know. What would you say about that? Yeah, I mean, because we were actually talking about this other day. Um, like within just the first like two, three possessions of a game, you hit them. Um, yeah, right. When you you know that them first couple possessions where you kind of like run into each other, you know, you find out right away whether or not you know you'll be able to punk the other post. Yeah. Because there's there are like there's a lot of posts where you know they get around the rim and you know they use that depth to kind of like get that room to like take like a jumper or like just kick it out. They get scared down there. And, you know, and so when you find out that, you know, when you, you know, get your form in on them or you start like really like riding into them and they start backing up or they start like giving away or they start making faces or calling. Yeah. If I, if I get into somebody and then their first instinct is, you know, like, hey, that's a foul or something like that. Yeah, the, I was going to say the flip side of that is if, it, if they're calling, if the refs are calling. Yeah. Way, yeah. So you got, you got to be careful. Quick too, if yeah. that's rolling. Yeah. Like the only thing you got in your bag is, is just the physicality, mm -hmm. which is kind of the, I guess the next step of this is like, yeah. you guys both have more than just being mm -hmm. big bruisers out there. You mm -hmm. guys are, I'm expecting, um, to see a little bit more than just you guys, yeah. you know, pounding guys. Yeah. What, what, what else do you guys bring to your game? What did you guys do at your, your previous stops? Uh, I feel like we're very like, like good passers, underrated mm -hmm. passers. Okay. okay. Underrated out of the post. All right. Like we're good at that. Um, as well as leaders. You know what I'm saying? Pick the guards up. Guards can't just pick the biggest up. You got to pick the guards up as well. You understand? So, uh, leadership, passing, um, kind of understanding what coach needs to get done. Yeah. That's huge in terms of just whatever he gives you with a timeout, go out there and execute it. That's huge. And just understanding the defensive assignments. You guys both, how old are you? You guys are both not just veterans, but you guys are, yeah. you guys are both. Uh, yeah, I'm 21. You're 21? Yeah, 22. 22. Yeah. So, like, this team got old pretty quick in a rebuild. Mm -hmm. It's only year two of a rebuild here. Yeah. And, like, it, it got, it got, you know, veteran pretty quick. And mm -hmm. do you guys notice that on this team? I mean, obviously there's three freshmen. You guys kind of have to bring them along a little bit. But for the most part, these are, these are guys that have played. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that, that was one of the big, um, you know, that, that was one of the big things that kind of, like, piqued my interest in the, um, recruiting process was, um, for the most part, like, everybody that, um, everybody that's going to really get like significant minutes this year, um, which really, I mean, we have a lot of like available guys, even the freshmen that I didn't really know that well, you know, they've proved a lot of practice, but a lot of the returning guys, like everybody has, you know, division one experience and everybody's like been through the process, you know, like, cause there, there's that, you know, when you are kind of transferring to a new team, um, I mean, obviously it's the first time I've done it, but it's really, it is a little bit worried, like, you know, what kind of guys are you getting into? And so, sure, yeah. obviously, you know, Jalen, you know, fourth year Division One basketball, Jamal, third year, uh, Javante, third year, um, even like Sebastian and Jay, you know, Sebastian's coming into his second year after playing, you know, even our young guys, um, you know, Sebastian and Barima, even That's those guys, you know, they played a lot of minutes last year. And so the fact that everybody's kind of experienced, like you're not really relying on anybody that hasn't been through it already. And that's big because, you know, when you get to this level and, you know, you get through like a full like division one season, there's a lot of ups and downs and guys can, you know, lose or gain a lot of confidence depending on how it's going. And so knowing that we're going to have a lot of level headed guys was um, something that really piqued my interest coming into this. I'm curious what you guys have learned about the, the current players. I, I, I want to talk about this year's team and what, what fans can expect coming forward or coming up with this year's team. But I saw something that might have kind of crossed some some similar uh, or one name that maybe you guys cross paths with. I don't know if you ever played in high school against Teddy Allen. 
Oh, or was um, the year before you? No, so, well, I didn't actually play varsity until <laughs> my senior year. Really? Okay. Yeah, I play, uh, I know Mo uh, was saying he wasn't very good his freshman year. I was like the backup five man on the freshman team my freshman year. And so then, all right. Yeah, and then my sophomore year, I was on the reserve team, which for uh, in the in Nebraska in Class A, there was like four teams. There was like varsity, JV, and then reserve, and then uh, freshman team. Okay. And so I played on. I was a starting five my on reserve, and then my junior year played four quarters of JV um, as like a three and a five man, and then yeah, I rode the bench on varsity. Like we were up by twenty or down by twenty, I got in for like the last couple of minutes. But senior? That was my, my junior year. And then my senior year. So you weren't um, even really a full-time varsity player until your senior year. No, not even close to full-time. <laughs> like, I've, I finally started getting some kind of minutes um, towards the end of my junior year because the starting five-man got hurt. And so I got moved into, like, the backup big position. But even then, it was maybe, like, ten minutes a game or something. All right. And well, so. I, so I didn't realize that about you in high school, but. All that said, Teddy was, I think, a year before. Yeah, he and so yeah, he. Um, or I think it, he might have been two before that. But yeah, I definitely. Um, I know because he was Gatorade Player of the Year over at Boys Town. Yeah. Um, and see, everyone kind of knew who he was. Okay, so you knew who he was in high school. Absolutely. You obviously knew who he was because you were teammates. Yes, yeah, so um, that's my guy. Yeah. So was, yeah. He went to. Um, he was my freshman year. Yep. Freshman year, and he just had transferred from West Virginia. He was redshirting that year, but he wanted. He was trying to get a waiver, but I don't think they let a uh, West V give him yeah. a waiver, but. That's my guy, man. He's super, so, super cool. So Bucket. I'm a New Mexico State graduate. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm an Aggie covering the Lobos, and I yeah. hear it all the time. Yeah. But watching what they did last year, I'm, yeah. I'm curious if you, because you knew him then, yeah. when you watched that, you didn't realize you were going to be a Lobo yet no. back last March. So no. there probably wasn't any sort of uh, other yeah. rival. Maybe I shouldn't enjoy yeah. this. Did you enjoy watching what Teddy did last year in the tournament? Yeah, I did. Actually, uh, Jabari Rice is my super close friend. So you and Jabari, okay. Yeah, Rice, because me and him play AAU together. It's my close, close friend, Rice. He goes to UT yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, went to kind of crazy. Went to school with Teddy, and both of them teamed up. Now, the Jabari is with Teddy Allen's brother at UT. Yep. It's, it's weird, but, you know, it's a small world. So, you, but you, anyway, you're very familiar with, with yeah, T, um, T Buckets. Um, so yeah, he played in Nebraska, too. Right. I mean, he, he, he was well traveled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so I saw his name, and I was curious if you guys had those similar paths, but you knew of him. You knew him well. Yeah. There's one other guy that, and this is just mostly for the listeners, but he committed to UNM, then got released when Craig Neal uh, got fired here at the end of 2017, I think it was, and Paul Weir was hired, but that's Isaiah Porter um, Chandler. Was he committed, committed here? here and got released from that commitment um, that offseason, but he had committed to uh, Craig Neal uh, <laughs> way back when in 2000. I want to say like he was one of the early <laughs> commitments too, like his end of his junior year maybe. Yeah. So, um, but he, he was released with like all, all the guys that committed to the previous coach yeah. from their commitment. Yeah. And, uh, when that off season coaching change happened, but yeah, he yeah. was, uh, he was, he was once a going to be Lobo too. Yeah. So, he was my, he's my roommate, my freshman year. Was he? Yeah. Was my roommate. So he was, yeah. Shoot him a text after this. <laughs> so I didn't know you were, you were actually committed to Craig Neal with the Lobos once. Um, so anyway, you, that experience over Wichita State, obviously, a tough team. They they kind of have a tough mindset too, mm-hmm. um, and and you're kind of asked to sort of bring that mentality here. Um, since you've been here, what have you guys gotten to know about this team? That the other guys, you knew what roles they were asking you guys to step into, but what pieces were already here that I'm sure they told you that House and Mashburn and those types are here. But like, what has surprised you about what this roster already had in place? Um, I feel like uh, Javante. 
Javante, I didn't know Javante was that good. Yeah. I didn't know. I ain't gonna lie. I even told him that in practice. I was like, bro, I thought you sucked. So this well, so <laughs> Javante's the name is kind of just coming up with that. Like, yeah. um, I mean, Jalen and Jamal who played with him last year said like, and forgot the way he's elevating his game this yeah. offseason. Um, Tino said this offseason like, you know, in terms of just work, like he, he's right up there as, as one of the offseason MVP types yeah. in terms of the work he's putting in. So like he, you you can see it in his first couple of years here at UNM, but it never quite you know took over. But it sounds like. He's kind of in position to sort of take that next step, but Javon yeah. is a guy that surprised you. Yeah, I thought I didn't think he was good, but then I, I watched him. and I was like, okay, he's pretty good. Yeah. Shoot the ball, get to his spots. He's like a, he's very solid, very solid. Yeah. So he was playing out of position all last year too, and mm-hmm. I'm wondering how much of that affected some of those slow games because he'd have one game where he'd score you know 16, 17 points, and, and then the next game it'd be zero. So that's what kind yeah. of fans were like, oh man, yeah. he's so inconsistent. Yeah, but I think people need to be reminded like he wasn't playing when he made the play. Facts. Yeah. Who's essentially playing what you guys are now stepping into play? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, th- I think he's. Um, I, th- I think Javante is just kind of that one of those guys that you could really put on like any team, just because. I mean, I mean a little bit, you know, toot my own horn, but you know, I think I think of him a lot, just kind of like a, like more of like a, a guard forward type version of yeah. me, you know, like I think. I think we're both like very unselfish, but also capable of like calling our own number when necessary. And I think, I think Javante is like, you know, he's a really good, like versatile defender. You know, he never, you know, he never gets in his own way. Like he just, he just knows how to make the right plays. And in the process of coming here, you know, one of the things that, um, when I was like evaluating like each school, you know, some people were worried that, you know, because so, obviously Jalen and Mash um, kind of like ran the show a lot last year. Shot a bunch of shots. And man. so a lot of people were, you know, kind of being cautious towards me saying like, hey, you know, you're going there and, you know, it's just going to be. You can touch the ball. Yeah. But, you know, they've, they've done an amazing job kind of tr- like really they're just morphing their game into being a lot more like moving the ball. Like they still they still are able to go and like get their own unnecessary. Like they never lost that. But they've done a really good job being unselfish this year and like, you know, re- like looking for guys, not just dribbling down, taking the first, you know, open look they get. Look, a lot of people think of basketball as the point guard is setting the table for everybody and kind of needs to know what everyone's doing. But obviously there's a little bit of that for everybody. Mm-hmm. Bigs have to know how to play off the guards too. I'm curious what your two roles are in playing off of two dynamic guards like that, that, that have speed, that can take, take their defender off the bounce at any time that they want. But like, your guys' role, like pick and rolls, pick and pops, like how do you guys have to maybe adjust or, or work to make sure they're getting the best out of using you guys on the floor too? What do you guys have to do to work with them? Um, so step one is so like I said, like you know they, they never lost that um, except that score, score yeah. yeah. And so you have you have to know when to kind of just stay out of the way, you know, because coach likes us to uh, set screens, like get the offense moving. Um, but you have to know that there's, there are times like where you just got to let those guys operate a little bit. And so that might mean, you know, maybe just like stand low in the dunker spot while they, you know, maybe work for their shot or, you know, when you're coming off a screen, just, you know, just staying ready for if they don't get their shot, they're able to just dump it down or, um, I mean, I personally really like it because being able to kind of like play around those guys, you know, it, it takes a lot of like pressure off yourself. Okay having a lot of like dynamic scores, like having somebody like Mo that can, you know, if he gets it down low, like you have to go to, or he's going to get one. Yeah. You have to send someone at him. And with Jamal and Jalen, you know, you can't, you can't lose them. 
And then same thing with Javante. Like Javante, if you leave him open for, if you give him inches, you know, he's going to, you know, knock one down in your face. And so being able to play in a system like that, it really allows me, like personally, I just, you know, I feel like I can kind of just, you know, move, like do what I want. Like I really don't feel any like real pressure to have to do anything really. You know, I'm just kind of like playing hard, just moving the ball. And then the box is kind of checked already. Yeah. And then, you know, you'll, you know, your shots will come around just in the process of a game, but it doesn't really feel like anything has to be forced just because everybody kind of knows how to play together. You got that same kind of impression? Like how do you need to play off of those two guards? Um, it's kind of be available, you know, being a dunker spot. Uh, obviously, um, if I don't, might, might not get doubled if I do. Swing the ball out, swing, swing, swing. Someone's going to finally be open or just being patient, you know what I'm saying? The obviously, good guys who can knock down the three as well. We have Josiah can knock down Devontae. It's all about spacing. And around spacing, with knockdown shooters, it's going to be scary. So, I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be a fun year. I just said they have to knock down the three now. Mm-hmm. I know it was just a drill where you guys were shooting threes. But I saw you hit a bunch of threes today. Are you going to be trying to stretch it out a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to take the necessary one, the smart one. You know what I'm saying? I can't be out there just pulling. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, my job is to be the uh, be the postman. You know what I'm saying? Score yeah, around so the rim. You're not here to be a three point shooter. But I'm not, yeah. but yeah, but if I get the open open three, I'm comfortable with. I'm shooting it. You know what I'm saying? But I ain't jacking. Mm-hmm. Not you're not job. like the 2022 every every five in college basketball thinks yeah. they're a guard. Yeah, like you, you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know my role. I master my role. I'm just going when I get it. On some certain plays, you might have to throw it to me to reverse, or if I. If I set my feet, get it right, I'm pulling. You know what I'm saying? I work on it hard enough. I fly, like I can shoot it. So, who on this team is, yeah. is the biggest personality? Um, <laughs> like, is it you? I mean, you, you look the part. You got the hair. You came with the jacket. Like, like who, who's the biggest personality? I know on the court, Jalen mm-hmm. likes to talk a ton. So, I mean, who, who's the personality on this team? Who you That's guys a think? great question. And, and maybe not uh-huh. just even on the like. Maybe it's two different answers. Maybe on the court, it's one person. And back in the rooms, like, you know, you guys are hanging out at somebody else. Um, yeah, so on, on the court, I, I would probably have to give it to Jalen. And he, he has he has done a good job, though, toning it down a lot. Coaches have been on him, and um, I've, I've been trying to do um, my part with just reminding him to, you know, kind of keep it. Keep it, keep it in a little bit, yeah, just because. I believe that in games when I'm watching. Yeah, I believe he's toned it down. Yeah, no, he, he definitely he definitely makes sure people know. Um, <laughs> But I would say, I don't know, in, in the locker room, I don't know, it's hard to say just because, you know, everybody, I don't know, like everybody just kind of like Pretty feeds off each other. Yeah, like there's not really any like center of attention, you know, like guys, you know, everybody jokes to everybody, everybody just kind of, you know, chips in whenever. It's not really like well, a... Well, tell me how, how accurate I am with this then. My initial take is watching you two at pressers. You guys talked in the summer, talking just a little bit here, seeing some practices. You see more outgoing and talkative. You see more business-like um, in the locker room. Is is that accurate? Is it, or <laughs> in the locker room is it a little bit different? Is my is my initial take on the two of you accurate? I mean, in the in the locker room, like it's really everybody's gone. Yeah, like we're all free, man. Yeah, yeah. Locker room, like we're all just we just yeah. feed off. Each I mean, other, lo- you know? locker room is where you know we just, everybody just kind of turns into a little kid for the most part. Right. Like, you know, after you don't have yeah. all these eyes on you, it's on yeah. You know, after pra- after practice, you know, people just, you know, they say whatever's on their mind. They joke about <laughs> anything that could possibly be joked about. It, it's really, yeah, I don't. <laughs> just be chilling in there, man. Just be chilling. Yeah. And on the court, though, you do much talking? 
Oh yeah, I mean, defense, I guess, but yeah. just chopping it up, talking, talking like crazy to other, t- other uh, yeah. opponents once in a while. Not all the time, though. Not you're not to the Jalen House on the no 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 no. no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh-huh. but you're not quite out there. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. Uh-huh. Uh, on the like in terms in that aspect, I'm 100 percent just. It's 100% just basketball, like what, like what's next. But if somebody does start, <laughs> if somebody does start chirping at me, then there's a, there's a good chance I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start talking some back. But I'm never, I'm never gonna be the first one to, oh yeah, that's when you hit. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna do all that. But if they, you know, they, they try to punk me or something, it, it, it might get a little, some words out of me. All right. So by the time people hear this, you guys will have already scrimmaged. So I don't want to talk too much about, about that. Like, you guys do have an opponent, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys have somebody else to start banging against a little bit. Um, how much does this team, how much are you guys going to learn about this team as you guys start actually seeing other opponents? Are you, are you guys already to the point where you've probably seen enough of each other? Um, <laughs> you probably aren't going to learn a whole lot more about each other. I mean, you guys still got to work, still got to practice. But, like, can you still learn a whole lot more without playing somebody else at this point? Or yeah, I mean, yeah, it, every, that's that's ba- basically been the whole talk since they uh, since we started um, planning for the scrimmage. Everybody's yeah. just tired of Eating up planning. Each other, right? Yeah, well, because well, you know, every everybody knows everybody's moves. Everybody knows all the plays. Everybody, you know, at a, at a certain point, it just it does get very repetitive. But obviously, you know, from the playing with each other, you know, there is like the learning each other's habits and stuff like that. But we are we're definitely ready to kind of play against somebody in different jerseys. Same thing. I mean, I oh, yeah, the same thing. I was about to say everybody knows everybody's moves. Yeah. yeah. Especially, <laughs> like, especially with your guys' roles and the way you play, you're supposed to be physical. Like, at some point, I'm sure there's guys, there's probably guards that are sick of running into your screens, and there's probably bigs that are sick of, you know, just having to bang with you guys every single day. And, like, I'm, I imagine on some level you guys feel the same way. Like, you're ready to, ready to knock somebody else down. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no. I, I've been – I mean, for me, because – like just on like you know box outs, you know post ups or rolls or you know tagging on defense, whatever it may be, you know I'm not I'm not gonna try to hurt nobody on my team, right. you know, and so I'm not, you know, it's like not it's not yeah yeah, team, yeah. But you're, you're, no, but you you know you tone it down a little bit in practice just because you know you, you don't want to knock the wind out of your teammate and then yeah. you know then they got to go out and then now you know you got people dropping down to positions that they don't normally play and then practice gets sloppy. So you know like I'm still playing hard in practice still. You know, iron sharpens iron. The football mentality. Yeah. In football practice. Exactly. Their teammates, the way they're going to be hitting on Sunday. Those DNs get tired of playing two-hand touch on the quarterback. You know, they want to hit somebody. And so that's kind of how I feel about it. How good can this team be? You guys are are the fresh eyes. You know, I can ask returning players all I want, you know, about, like, how much better they're going to be. And and they can talk about comparing to last year to this year. You guys weren't here last year, so it's not so much a compare to what they were last year. Like, you guys are fresh eyes on what this roster is, what do you guys think this team can do? I I mean, I really feel like we can beat anybody in the conference. You know, obviously San Diego State's the the um, the standard. Yeah. And so they'll be preseason ranked. They'll yeah. be nationally ranked. Yeah, they'll definitely you know, and obviously they'll they'll be the picks favorites in the conference. And so, you know, obviously it's not to say I don't yeah, I don't respect Wyoming or Colorado State or UNLV or any of those other, you know, top dogs in the conference. But my whole mentality is if we're going to win a tournament, we're going to have to beat San Diego State. Yeah. You know, other guys might get upset, other guys, whatever, you know. San Diego State's not going to make mistakes. And so for me, like, I feel like even though they do have, you know, a lot of size across the board, like, I feel like with the experience and just 
skill level that this team has, we definitely can run with those guys and put them away too. Yeah, I feel like, man, I've, I've been to March Madness before and I've been around good teams. Ones, and so people listening, just to remind them, like, you're the yeah. only one on this roster that's been to the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. Yeah. Um, and I, I would say, like, I ain't going to lie, when I first came, I was like, I knew we had pieces, but I didn't know how good the team was going to be. Yeah. So I was just like, it's going to be a team. We might, might not. Yeah. But, like, like we have talent on this team. I don't even say that, like, just to be saying that right. for the media. Like, I feel like we can, if we all just gel together the right way, and we all just know, like, know, like, what's going to happen if we all, because if we all win, we're all going to eat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If we if we decide to all get selfish in the middle of the season like that, we're all going to be separate, egos get involved, and we're not going to be as good as we think we're going to be. But if we all gel together the right way, we'll definitely be in the tournament. I don't yeah. think you guys are guys that, I know your transfers and you're new, but, like, mm-hmm. there wasn't a ease-in period to leadership. Like, yeah. you guys might have been new guys, but I think mm-hmm. both of you were pretty comfortable from day one of yeah. – not only holding yourselves accountable, but like mm. if you have to hold someone else on the team accountable, oh, yeah. just because they were here last year and you weren't, mm. doesn't mean you guys are shying away from telling them something, right? Facts. 100%. Yeah. And I think the one, uh, the part of that that um, I really embrace is because it holds yourself accountable. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't be out here telling somebody, hey, like, you know, you, you did this or that or that, and then you're out here, you know, BSing yeah, exactly. like yourself. You know, you can't be a hypocrite about it if you're going to try to get on someone. And so I feel like, in that aspect, you know, whenever you, whenever, you know, you tell, you know, Jalen or Jamal or Javante or Mo about something, you know, I got to make sure that, you know, I'm maintaining my own because I can't be out here trying to correct other people and I'm like, I can't even do my own job right, you know? All right. I, I think we could probably wrap it up with this. I'm, well, first of all, let me ask you, I want you to give me a scout on Mo. And I want you to give me a scout on Josiah and tell me, tell fans what they're about to get. Um, We'll go first with you. Why don't you tell fans what they're about mm. to see from Morris here and what they're what kind of player he is? Um, so for starters, you know, you better send a double and you better be ready to, you know, put a body on him as soon as the shot goes up. Because if you don't, he's definitely gonna get his own and he's gonna put it on your head. <laughs> um capable three point shooter and capable driver, but as long as you show on the three, you will be all right. He, he's not going to pull a bad one. So as long as you, as long as you're up on him, you should be all right. And then he'll probably go to a drive. But you got to be ready on the drive too, because that's going to be physical as hell too. But <laughs> a lot of energy. Like, you some ice after the game. Yeah, you know, I can, I consider myself. You know, a lot of guys. You know, they, they see the muscles and stuff, and they're like, oh, you know, he's strong, he's big, and all that. But you know, playing, you know, guard Mo in the post. You know, it's it's a it's a, it's a different kind of strength, you know. And uh, so, what do you got on him? Oh man! First, I'm gonna say he's very unselfish. I ain't gonna lie, he's unselfish. The big, you know, they want to bang. Like, I get it, but like he, like he'll put his own shot. He'll second his own shot and pass it off on like a better shot. You know what I'm saying? Not a lot of players do that. Not a lot of players do that in college. A lot of college players look for their own shot. But yeah, him he's great in the post too. Very physical. Like, you can see it when he walks. He passed the eye test. You know what I'm saying? You see him, you be like, okay, yeah, okay, big dude, you gotta hit him. You know what I'm saying? He gonna hit you first. <laughs> you can, can kind of tell, like, he's, he hitting, but like, he gonna show some love on the hit. He ain't gonna hit you hard, but like, he came to practice one day, I was seeing, like, he was checking, like, I was like, okay, yeah. You gonna check your hip a little bit. You gonna, <laughs> you gonna rub your hip, you gonna be like, yeah, Joe, but like, hey, he's strong, bro. He can shoot the three, very capable three point shooter, man. He can drive, 
He can guard, you know what I'm saying? I be trying to get him in the air and drive him left, but like usually I usually get people driving left, but like he be there. I do a second move and stuff, so you know what I'm saying? He, he can move his feet. You guys, because the two of you are sort of the, the names fans are thinking of as making this bad defensive team that wasn't extremely physical last year for a variety of reasons. It wasn't necessarily a knock on, on the guys that were here. They, they were down a lot of guys um, in the post. But you guys sort of being associated with if this team takes the next step, it needs to be physical, and people are thinking of you two as leading that charge. What needs to happen for that to for that to be in place? Like if, if this team is successful, it needs to be physical. But you two have to stay out of foul trouble. I would mm-hmm. Like, are you two ready to take on kind of the responsibility of, of like a lot of the success of this team this year has to do with that physical nature? And you two are the guys supposed to be leading that charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, I've always, I've always loved setting the tone. Um, you know, I, um, I think I. And I think both of us kind of just embody what it means to be like everyday guys, you know, like when, when I get out on the court, whether it's practice or a game, you know, you're, my goal is that when I go back and I watch this game on film or if anybody watches this game on film, like at no point in the game will they be able to say, Joe took this playoff or, you know, you like, you know, you, you weren't really like trying to, you know, get a stop here. Or you weren't trying to get an extra play or something like that. You know, that's, you know, because not every game is going to be great from an offensive standpoint. Right. You know, you, you know, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, KD, every, you know, all the best scorers in the world, you know, they're not going to be great every single game. And so, you know, I'm going to control what I can control, and that's my effort, my attitude, and, like, my physicality. And so those are three things that, like, you're always going to get out of me. And that way, like, whenever my teammates, you know, whether they ain't feeling it or whatever, you know, they see me busting, busting my butt and, you know, doing everything I can – you know, in a way, it kind of, you know, inspires, hopefully like inspires, inspires them, motivates them, you know, gets them, you know, really rolling on theirs. Because that's my thing. Like I said, you know, I can't try to tell somebody they need to play hard if I'm not playing hard myself, hard, you know. Yeah, my position, I feel like, man, you know, past couple of years, I've been in foul trouble a lot. You know what I'm saying? Last year, foul trouble. year before that, my junior, back-to-back years, foul trouble. But I feel like this comes with just setting the tone, playing. I just, I don't know how to like slow down, you know what yeah. I'm saying, sometimes. But I feel like... I'd rather have not slowing down and just being soft and just not playing hard enough. You understand? Yep. So I just got to be smart when it comes to those fouls and stuff. And just as long as I'm on the floor, us on the floor, it's going to help us win. So, you know what I'm saying? I got to be smart in that area. But I feel like I just got to keep playing hard. You know what I'm saying? Stay on that switch, but just know how to, how to just, uh, give, like give a person a bucket sometimes. You know what I'm saying? If I'm, if I have one foul, you know what I'm saying? Not saying just let him score, but be smart. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, that, that bucket sometimes. Like over a forty minute game, like your foul is a yeah. lot more costly. Yeah. Exactly, that, that's, exactly. That's one of the main things I've been uh, exactly. focusing on this year. Is, um, so you too. It's it's been a well because obviously you know I talk a lot about physicality and stuff, and um, kind of I take I take a lot of pride in my defense, and um, it definitely used to be like it, it used to really mess with me. Like if anybody like ever scored, yeah. Like I, like if, if I like if anyone got a single bucket on me. I felt like I, I completely like <laughs> failed as a player, you know, yeah, you know, it used to really mess with me. And so I, I would try to do everything possible to not let somebody score, whether that meant, you know, hitting them outside the head or rising <laughs> out of bounds or, you know, and obviously that's not smart basketball. Not, you know, you think yeah, like you may, yeah, you may stop them for that one play and they may have to go to the free throw line or whatever, but it's like now that I'm not on the court for the next 15 minutes of the game, like that is going to give up more buckets than just, you know, that two or something like, and so if I'm out of position, 
you know, you don't got to, you know, jump back on them or whatever it may be. Like, you're still going to contest, but, gotcha. you know, got to stay controlled. You guys seem excited a little bit. You guys, yeah. you ready for this? I'm ready oh, yeah. On. Come on. I know the pit sort of got to be, it's, it's got to get back to what it once was, too. But it will. Excited to it will. We got to give them something to cheer days. for. Oh, yeah. It will. Just watch. It will. These coaches, like, you're probably <laughs> sick of hearing them give you the same message every day, too. Right? Like, they're, they're probably ready to coach against another team. Yeah, yeah. Too. yeah man. Ready to get out there. One quick question before we go then. Um, I saw you talking. You guys probably do it every, or every practice, but um, you and Patino were, were joking a little bit. Is Patino as funny as he thinks he is? <laughs> he, so he does, he does have a very unique uh, sense of humor. So, like, if you don't, if you don't, uh, I would say that if if it's your first day with him, you'll definitely think that, um, he doesn't like you. Yeah. You'll definitely think he's an a-hole or whatever it may be. But no, he's, he's, he's going to deliver the message at a very high tone (laughs) and with a mean look on his face, but it's never more personal than just whatever the play was. Like, and so I, you know, a lot of times, He'll say certain stuff, but you, you know, you know, it's just, it's all love or whatever it may be. And so it's, it's definitely been fun getting coached by him. Well, I, I mean, I think he's a funny guy, but like, I'm also not getting yelled at in the practices every day. He yelled at mm-hmm. press conferences, but that's a little different. Um, you know, <laughs> he, he's, he seems like a funny guy, but you guys like playing for him. So yeah, yeah, he's cool. Yeah, that's been great. cool. He knows his stuff. Appreciate yeah, you guys. Look, I look forward to the season. Um, thanks for having on. Hopefully we'll talk with you guys again this season. Yeah, that's right. right. Thank you. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. All right, there you have it. There's my conversation with Josiah Alec and Morrissey Daisy, Joe and Mo, the two guys I expect to be the starting front court for the Lobo basketball team this season, the transfers that came in to address size and physicality concerns that the Lobo basketball team lacked last year that they had this offseason. So I expect those two guys to be the starters, and they talked a little bit about their need to uh, to control, to improve on not fouling so much. And then we got a little taste of that this past weekend. Closed scrimmage, none of us saw it, but I, I've seen the stat sheet, and I'm telling you, Morrissey Daisy committed six fouls against Northern Arizona. So um, it was a scrimmage. Obviously, no foul outs at five like a regular college game would bring you, but that's that's one of the deals with those scrimmages. You can kind of set your own parameters, and, and players weren't fouling out. So they do need to work on that. It's a good thing that Sebastian Forsling is back after a year of getting a lot of good minutes as a freshman last year, even when he wasn't necessarily expected to. Jay Allen Tovar is still going to have to get some minutes at the four and and bring in a good change of pace on offense, but we'll still have to play some some defense on that side too and, and get a little more physical than he was able to do last year. So the Lobos do have a much better, at least depth-wise, front court than they had most of last season. I do think that this, this year's team will still finish third even with their hiccup, if you will, that's being generous in a loss in a scrimmage to Northern Arizona. But hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'll be bringing them to you every week. Hope you enjoy our coverage in the pages and online of the Albuquerque Journal. That's abqjournal.com slash sports is how you can follow all our coverage, not just Lobo basketball, but all our sports coverage. And subscribe. It really helps out. Support local journalism. It allows us to bring you coverage of all the news around the state of New Mexico, but also sports and also podcasts like this. Yes, it's I get this as digital. This is listening. But subscribing to the Albuquerque Journal is one of the best ways you can guarantee that we're going to continue to be able to bring you this coverage of Lobo basketball. abqjournal.com slash subscribe is what will get you to our subscription page. Helps us out a lot. I appreciate you. I'm glad you're listening. Keep the feedback coming. Until next time, hope you enjoyed listening to this edition of the Talking Grammar Podcast.